Welcome to another episode of Running Greenleaf. Today we're going through the end of quarter update for our commercial assets, with which total over 35 assets right now. So it's grown considerably over the years. With that many deals though, uh, we're not going to dive into really detailed specifics on a property by property level. We have our end of quarter reports. Those are all going to be in your investment portals on the 20th of January here. And we have all sorts of details and cover pages and financials written up for each specific deal. In this episode, we're going to touch a little bit on just what's working well or what you know what's not working so well in the commercial space, space and trends that we're seeing uh, overall. So yeah, we so we dove into the commercial space about what five and a half years ago with TBTC being our first purchase. Yeah, that was the first one up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And um, now, fast forward to today, in commercial, we have a little bit over 2 million square feet, and uh, it's making up about 55% of our overall revenue. So we're, we're excited about that growth, and, we're, and um, we're, we're pretty tied in with the market, that's, especially the land market where most of our commercial assets are. Yeah. So looking forward into kind of 20, into 2024, uh, as Dave talked about, you know, we'll, um, distributions will go out January 20th. Uh, K-1s will go out by the end of February. Really, nothing's new or changing this year in our process or with the IRS, so everything should be pretty smooth. Yep. So on the distribution front, just in summary, on the office side, we have about half of our deals that are making a distribution. So the other half of them, think about things like our QOZ deals, or we also have Midtown, which uh, is a deal up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where we were we stabilize things and we're selling individual buildings stabilized, so slightly different business model than a pure distribution. Um, but stuff that is distributing on the office side is most of our medical tenants are distributing. And then our office, pure suburban office plays, which are like Johnson Square and Cross and Center, uh, are also uh, making distributions in Lake Park, deals like that. So, But again, all the distribution numbers are in each individual property report. That, uh, that you'll get out there. So. Yeah, I mean, our suburban low-rise office, you know, these basically they're all two-story, older-built buildings that um, we're leasing two to 4,000 square foot tenants. They're, they're all basically full, 90-plus percent occupancy. As long as the unit or, the, you know, the office suite is built out and rent-ready, you know, we'll do, flo- we'll do flooring and uh, paint, but at least it's right away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let, let's dive into some of the what's working well and mm-hmm. how are things going and that's certainly one of them when we have suburban office that's ready to go we can lease it mm-hmm. right so if we have uh, space that is a good layout it it maybe it needs some paint maybe it needs a little bit of carpet but the walls are built out and everything is there we're leasing that space that space pretty uh, pretty easily and that's where we see high levels of occupancy at places uh, like Johnson Square or Lake Park that have uh, these types of office layouts. So that part uh, has been going very well for us, um, and it seems odd, but we, you know, we've seen uh, revenue growth there too, and, and it's overall uh, been successful. Another part that kind of ties into that, especially in the commercial space, is CAM, and common area maintenance costs. We started this in the beginning of 2023, so we're now 12 months into a process where many of the assets we were buying either didn't really have CAM built in the leases or it was there and not well communicated to tenants uh, or it was uh, a situation where it just wasn't really fully understood or it was just kind of being done inaccurately. Uh, So what we've done over the past 12 months is really dig into all the financials and every single uh, commercial lease that we have. 
we have around 514 uh, active leases right now. So going through each and every lease and determining what are the reimbursements and how should the common area cost be divided. So we've gone through that now and we have it built out uh, in a manner that we can provide lots of information to our tenants on what those costs are. It also outlines how we're performing on deals because like it or not, our, our, our tenants, we want to keep things as affordable as possible. And it's not that we can just have expenses and we just pass them through to the tenants. That is not just good financial stewardship. So we are trying to make sure our costs uh, can be as, as efficient as possible. Really. Yeah, yeah, and the average cam you know, that we're talking about here in the common area maintenance is 2 to $3 a square foot. So you know, one property by one property, this isn't very impactful, though you cr look across the entire portfolio of 2 million plus square feet, we're talking 4 to $5 million of reimbursable expenses that we have the right to build through their leases. The leases stay that the tenant agreed to basically pay their fair share of the operating cost of the property. And um, we're, we're really just enforcing that and working with them as a good partner to uh, make sure that we keep our costs lo as low as we can and uh, work with them. Yeah, yeah we, and we really got to show, you know, we, we really got to show that we're a good management company if we want to, you know, have happy tenants and show them, hey, these are what the costs are, be as transparent as possible and do as much as we can to reduce these costs. Yeah, so it, it's, it's really standing on the representation that we've always built on, which is own the property and, and, be the, and, and manage the property and really the buck stops with us. Um, so there's really no one else that they can escalate to or just, you know, go to um, if they have a, if they have a concern, you know, they come to us and we, we look to address that concern as much as we can. Yeah, we can't defer to anyone else. Right, yeah, right? Exactly. It, it is us. Uh, so we're working hard uh, to make sure that our costs are in alignment with market and, and hopefully as efficient as possible. One thing on that front that we are working on, uh, a large portion of our costs goes to wages and cleaning kind of mixed together. So we, we have common area services that are done, which is you know kind of the nightly trash pickup, the nightly cleaning of restrooms and all that, all that stuff that goes into just properly maintaining the building. And when we inherited things, we, we inherited uh, an array of different contracts on how that work was getting done. Dozens of different companies uh, were doing the work and all to a varying uh, quality. So what we started doing at the end of the fourth quarter here and really kicking off in 2024 is taking some of that uh, scattered workload and bringing it in-house to make sure we have a standardized, even you think about a standardized soap dispenser, standardized soap that we're purchasing. Because a lot of these contracts, they are a pass-through of cost. So there's not, uh, I would say there's a little more leniency with purchases when a vendor is purchasing stuff and it's a direct pass-through with you know, sometimes a 10, 15% upcharge on that service. So when we look at our original contracts, our materials and purchasing is about double uh, what was in our contract. So we're really looking to uh, bring a lot of that purchasing in-house and make sure you know, we get as many bulk discounts as we can and purchase as efficiently as possible to really save uh, that cost for, I mean, our properties and our investor returns too, but also our tenants to make sure it can be as, as, as efficient as possible. Uh, for them to experience. Yeah, I mean, we, we, when we first started looking at this, we toured one of our buildings that was about a 25,000 square foot building. We found four, or five, I, I can't remember, it was four or five different maintenance closets with mops and brooms and different air filters and <coughs> cleaning supplies. And every maintenance closet had kind of a, a random array of stuff that didn't match the next maintenance closet for a relatively small building. 
So if we can standardize that, we'll be carrying less inventory. Um, yep. The tenants will get a, a more consistent, you know, a more consistent result out of it, and um, we'll be able to operate the property better. Yeah. So we're excited about doing that in 2024. We're going to have some just more general updates on what properties we can get that out to. Uh, we're starting with Parsons Meadows, which is one of our uh, properties here in North Atlanta. So we're starting there to try and uh, streamline this process and, and hopefully, I mean, we, not hopefully, but we know we can make it more efficient and save us uh, some money on the operating side there and lower our OPEX, which ultimately lowers our reserves uh, and helps us be more efficient. So another project we want to talk about too, if things are going well, is our Midtown deal that is in Chattanooga. Uh, we purchased that and I know there haven't been distributions from that deal. So it's like, how's it going well if we're not making distributions? But uh, we recently sold one of the buildings there uh, and we are under contract and, and supposed to close in about a week or, week or so here. Another one of the buildings uh, that is coming out and we're making good returns on that investment from those sales and we're using that to pay down uh, the debt that we have in place there. We have another two buildings that we think in uh, really probably the second quarter we can get to a close on those and th these have been very profitable transactions for us and uh, balance sheet wise and paper wise the deal has been working very well has not been making cash distributions we shifted strategy there a little bit where we weren't looking to put as much capex in we were looking to stabilize uh, one building at a time and then exit uh, the deal kind of on a flow through like that yeah what we realized is that by putting the capex dollars into this specific property by you know improving the facades or or the outside we really weren't getting paid back for that that the really the the biggest margin or that we can make was really just leasing the property and then listing it so we're making it pretty close about a 50 percent margin from our basis to what we're selling it at so yeah. we're pretty excited about and, that and i think it just goes to show in the market you know we these are a mix of tenants so some are industrial to office to all sorts of different users mm -hmm. right that go in there uh, and it just shows that there is a market for deals that are well positioned, that are, that have clean financials, and we're able to sell and transact on that. So overall market volume is definitely down across the board. That you know we've reported on that before, uh, but there is a market available. And we are we are making good returns uh, on exits right now. Yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, what's not working as well, or areas, you know, nothing's always perfect. So the first part we kind of talk about is is just spec office and we're seeing this uh, across the board where we have vacant space even like North Graham mm -hmm. where we have you know basically shell space and I mean on the positive side we we have four leases there that we've got either signed or out two that are signed two that are out so we're gonna lease four out of five spaces right now so that is positive but the spec leases taking a taking literally a, a, an unknown box in converting that to what fits for the tenant is just a very lengthy process. Yeah, yeah and, that, and to echo that really with uh, the station in Lupton, these are two really well-built well built out buildings that um, are, are in great condition, but we were, you know, we didn't want to make the investment into putting walls and, and outlets and lights up in specific spots until we had a tenant that wanted to come along and direct us with what they wanted. And uh, what we're finding is that that really slows down the marketing process. So. We're you know we're we're looking at it more aggressively you know building up maybe stage by stage at spec suites as as demand starts coming in. So at Lupton we've already we we recently signed two leases. We're going to build a little spec space out to to kind of get ahead of ourselves. And um, at uh, the station we actually took some 
um, relocated some cubes that we had from uh, from other buildings and built out the space to kind of show different layouts with cube cubicle layouts to see if it would attract tenants as well. Yeah. So we, we are making progress on the spec space, but the costs, everything over the past two, three years, uh, it's just taken longer to get it done. Mm -hmm. I mean, costs are up, yes. That's not a surprise to anyone, but, but literally just like timelines to get things approved and get built out are, uh, are taking a good amount of time. Yes. So, uh, another part that uh, would say what's not going as well for us right now is uh, commission costs. Uh, but on the positive, we're paying commissions because we're signing stuff and signing leases, which is great. But our commission costs have risen just in the market. Uh, you know, their costs on the brokerage side and the commission side have risen along with all, all the costs for what they're doing uh, to make this stuff happen. But in that vein, that kind of kind of shies us away from really long-term leases. If we're looking at a 10-year lease and we feel like we might have, you know, some risk there, uh, we're looking at signing more like three to five-year leases because if we're going to pay you a four to six percent commission on a lease and you're signing that 10-year lease, you know, it's four to six percent of the total lease value. So a 10-year lease is twice as much as a five-year lease. So in our opinion right now, we're looking more at the five-year lease time frame on a lot of what we're doing just because it, it does have that immediate cost impact. We're happy to pay another commission and do it for another five years. Um, but right now, uh, because those are higher, we're seeing uh, us trending towards lower, shorter-term leases, which are five years. Right? right, and we see that uh, a lot of times tenants are willing to give us more term to get rent lower. So we've seen several tenants offer us 10-year leases, and we've, but we've also experienced that we've had three or four, yeah. maybe <clears throat> five tenants that signed a 10-year lease or we inherited a seven, eight, nine, 10-year lease with us that defaulted and we had to evict. So. We think three to five year leases are really the sweet spot for these um, sub-institutional mom and pop style tenants and and work on the renewal. Yeah. Yeah, that leads us into another part where we say, you know, what's not working well right now? I'd say collections, mm -hmm. right? We've had, uh, and not just general rent collections, but we've had kind of you get those situations that, you know, leave a bad taste in your mouth, so to speak, but uh, two tenants where uh, they we're both performing, both operating, decided to stop paying their rent. It took us about seven months to complete the eviction process. And they simply moved down the road and opened up a new location. Uh, they signed personal guarantees on the lease. So we're, you know, we're gonna go through that process to collect that, but it just involves a lot of headaches of doing an eviction. It, it, it involves attorneys to go through the collection process. Um, the garnishment process. I mean, they, they did sign personal guarantees, so it's pretty, it's pretty, you know, clear cut on paper. But it does involve attorneys, and that just takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time and effort, uh, organizationally, to uh, to execute that at the at the business level. So uh, it's working, but man, we wish we weren't doing this. Right, right, right. So, okay, another another part that uh, where we're facing challenges, uh, permitting, right now. Um, if you look at the style of businesses or, or assets that we've been purchasing, uh, typically they've been owned a long time uh, by someone, and, and most of the time they were not, you know, managed. I mean, they were managed independently. They weren't managed by like a, a big uh, firm. We have bought a, a couple of deals like Lakeside. We bought from JLL. They were the manager there. Properties. It was clean. It was very clean. <laughs> uh, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have any uh, any hidden secrets that yeah. we were finding. So they. They're one of the biggest in the country and very, very well organized. Some of our other ones, though, 
or we're buying a deal that's that's been owned for 20 years. Uh, we'll get in there and you know we have an idea of, of a tenant that comes to us and they want to make some changes. We take that to the city or the county and then they, they come back and like, what about the other 40 things that have happened in here that you didn't tell us about? And so well, you know, we didn't do those, we just purchased the things. <laughs> so we've got a lot of meetings where we're meeting with uh, permitting to kind of clean up stuff that has happened in the past. The permitting office kind of looks at it like, hey, we're the owner, it's our fault it's in this situation. They're, they're, they are a little bit understanding to know like, look, we didn't do this, we just bought the property. However, that means we've got to get stuff fixed in the past to be able to do the fixes we need to do now. That's delaying some of our CapEx projects. It's not just across the board completely, but uh, we are seeing that on CapEx projects. And that's probably the main reason uh, for delays we have in the CapEx side. But we're working through them, trying to uh, explain our position uh, to the permitting offices and make sure we can get, you know, fix things, make them, make them so they're right, and, and we can properly occupy all the buildings. Right. So that's one that's, it's been interesting. See, this, you know, one of the, we went in the season, like, we don't have any updates since 2004. What's happened since then? <laughs> it's like, man, that's 20 years ago. So, uh, yeah, so we face a little bit of headwinds with, with getting that done, and, and that's just why anytime you have a CapEx project, anytime there's a value add, there's always something that's gonna happen like that. So we're prepared for that and we're working through it, um, but it is something we're seeing. So another point we wanna, you know, that kind of sums up the what's working, what's not working segment. We wanna talk a little bit about the market and what we're seeing, and most notably right now is uh, industrial kind of numbers that we saw for the end of 2023. Yeah, industrial uh, continues to be hot, you know, 10% year over year rent growth nationally. And um, what we're seeing is that, you know, there, there's there's nine cities in the United States that had 20 million square feet or more built in the, in 2023. So we're seeing a ton of supply come on, where the demand seems to be keeping up with it because the rent growth still continues. And um, it, it seems to, it, it's a very uh, shiny, you know, shining part of the market. Yeah. Our industrial leasing has been going well, and we, we are definitely seeing increases in align with that, that 10%. We had, you know, we had one deal uh, we just uh, over at Davis Circle. We just had a 13% increase in a, in a renewal that went out there. So that 10 to 10 to 15% is more what we're mm -hmm. seeing. If the national average is 10, we're seeing a little bit higher in the Atlanta and Southeast market. Mostly all of our industrial stuff is mm -hmm. uh, Atlanta or Columbia, South Carolina. So, but yeah, we're we're seeing numbers that reflect that, and it's been an overall positive trend. Right. There. And really, from a from a buying opportunity, is you know the office market has been very stagnant, very slow. And you know, two of, two of our biggest transactions really in, in the history of our company but also happened in 2023 where we bought single story office and have, have been converting it into more industrial use. And it's basically taking a relatively distressed asset class that has very little transaction volume. Transaction volume in 2023 compared to 2022 was down about 65%. So it, it gives us a really great buying opportunity as those deals come up, there's much less competition. Lending's harder to attract as well, so it's it's a it's a challenging transaction, but um it's a it's a way that we can basically find discounted opportunities and then convert that convert the vacancy and as leases come up over to more industrial use that has been in very high yeah. demand. Yeah, our form of industrials slightly different. If you're, it's not like smokestacks and <laughs> big cranes, yeah. right? It's fourteen foot wide open spaces that uh, you've got a mix of different companies in there. We've got a golf simulator right. that's in one of them, right? So uh, batting cages is in one oh, of our tenants. We, we so. have breweries in them. Yeah, yeah, we have, yeah. So that's kind of what we're seeing in the market. 
overall. Just again, quick to recap, uh, January 20th is when all the distribution stuff goes out. You'll have all your quarterly reports at that time. We expect to have all the K1s out at the end of February. We'll certainly have more updates on K1 information as we get it, and we're aiming to get those really as soon as we can. So, yeah. That is our fourth quarter update on the commercial side. We'd love to chat if you have any other questions and want to go through any specific deals, please let us know. Thanks for watching us. For more tips on operating and investing in real estate, please check us out at greenleafmanagement.com or find us on YouTube and Spotify.